Hey, great day. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I have a huge announcement. We are bringing back the Abundant CEO Private Practice Bootcamp. This is a three-day virtual party that I'm inviting all mental health therapists that either want a private practice in the next six to 12 months, or you already have had a private practice, maybe for the last year, five years, or even over a decade, but you want to understand wealth and cash flow in your company. You want to learn how to show up as a CEO and work more on your business versus in your business. Maybe you want to assess the health and the wealth of your current or future private practice to really see if you're on the right path to increasing your revenue, to growing your practice, maybe to streams of income later, or maybe even a group practice. Bottom line is you will walk away from this three-day bootcamp clarifying and understanding your niche, understanding how to show up as an abundant CEO, and most importantly, assessing the health of what you believe is a profitable private practice. So head down to the show notes and go to the link drtk.com forward slash links and sign up for the bootcamp. I'll see you there. Now let's head into the podcast episode. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist, working for a government agency, and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi-six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intentionally Abundant Business Podcast. This is Dr. TK and we have a special guest. Her name is Shayla. I'll let her introduce herself. Um, But I decided to bring her on because I wanted to do a Where Are They Now series. And so as you know, I coach therapists pretty much all over the country and in some sprinkles of other countries around the globe. And we have various clinicians who have profitable private practices. Some of them grow into group practices. And of course, we are in a season on this podcast where we're talking about streams of income. So you're going to hear today from our guest um, lessons learned in business, wins in business, and more importantly, what is actually possible beyond one-on-one therapy. So everyone, welcome Shayla to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Of course, I am excited um, anytime that I get to share, you know, a piece of my journey with other folks who are going through the same thing or anticipating going through the same thing. Um, it's an exciting time. Um, but in the regular world, folks know me um, as Shayla Peterson, uh, the owner of Control Shift Balance. Um, they may also know me as uh, one of the co-founders of the TheraLeague Society, which is a membership for therapists um, for support beyond the therapy room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then most recently, um, you may know me as uh, from the Balance Membership Lab, where I help other clinicians uh, create their own membership. So really excited to be here and uh, share my journey. Yeah, that's good. So let everybody know where you're at and also titles, because I know some therapists are looking to like connect or see what's possible within even licensure, because they may say, but you're a psychologist. And I'm like, but that, you know, there's there's possibilities everywhere. So tell them a little bit about your licensure background. 
Yes. So my licensure background is kind of intensive <laughs> um, and it was only that way because it wasn't intentional. However, now I'm really intentional about it, but I was a military spouse. My husband was in the military for 20 years and I moved around to different states. Um, so I literally kind of collected um, licensures uh, wherever I went. And so um, by trade, I am a clinical social worker. I was trained at Cal State University, Long Beach, and I had internships literally all over Los Angeles County, but I am licensed in the state of Florida as a social worker. I'm a clinical social worker. I'm also licensed in the state of South Carolina and in North Carolina. Um, I had I was in Tennessee before. And so as you guys talk about getting licensed in multiple states, you really have to add up the costs, right? And the benefits of it. Um, mm -hmm. And so right now, those are my three strong states. And I am based physically in uh, the greater Tampa Bay area. Did, which state did you start in with licensure? It was actually Florida. Yeah. Okay. And then how did what made you decide? Because some clinicians are still in this um in this mindset. I know that a lot of clinicians started to get dually times 1000 license in all these states in 2020. But what prompted you to get licensed in other states? So for me, it was because we were moving around, right? Um, my husband's career. So I knew we were in Florida. That was one of our first states that we lived together outside of California. And so it was only natural for me to get licensed here, uh, mm -hmm. which is funny because I was getting licensed as we left because before I was, you know, being a mom, taking care of my little one and all those good things. And then we moved mm -hmm. to Tennessee. So I got licensed there. And we'll save that for another day with DTA because that was a whole challenge. And I actually teach that in one of the courses. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was licensed in Tennessee and then moving to South Carolina. I got licensed there. And then North Carolina was right next door. And they were offering pretty much like an incentive for military spouses who were licensed to get licensed. So I was able to waive my first two years being licensed in that state. And so that's how I was able to pretty much collect all of these licenses and actually create a plan where I can keep up with these CEUs so mm -hmm. I can be compliant and be ethical and actually provide services across state lines. Wow. Like I learn something new every time because I'm like, I always like to see like a journey, like a map. And yeah, I, I didn't know that about like the reason why I, I kind of figured it was because of spouse moving, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't even know the order in which the licensure occurred. So I learned something new. And for those of you who are wondering what she meant by DCA, if you're new to the podcast, we have a, a solo private practice academy program that opens up throughout the year a few times. And um, one of the bonuses is that we bring in support coaches because I want people to learn from other people's gifts or experiences. And so while we, while Shayla was actually going through the program, she was getting licensed in all these states. Mm -hmm. And then when she became a coach, I had asked them, like, what is your strong suit um, and what are people looking for? And in that season between 2020 and especially 2021, a lot of our therapists were getting licensed in multiple states, but they didn't know how to market, nor did they know how to balance being licensed in multiple states beyond paperwork. And so that's one of the bonuses that every round gets is Shayla's workshop, where she comes and on Zoom and she meets with all the therapists. So since we're talking about solo private practice, can you give a like a brief overview of what is the makeup of your private practice now? Like, who do you serve? Where do you serve in terms of like online or in person and your clients do? Yes. Awesome. Great question. So one of the things um, I must say is keep your eye on the prize, right? Mm -hmm. So before I even went on to creating my own online practice, I remember working for other group practices mm -hmm. and they took insurance, 
Now, I'm, I'm all for insurance. However, I knew I would say this to my mom, like, man, one day I'm going to have my practice and I'm not taking insurance. And I really thought it was a dream that was going to be years down the line. So in my mind, I'm ahead of the game in my manifestation on this one, because I just <laughs> thought this would be something that would happen later. And so I literally was able to create an online practice and I needed something unique. I know I did because at the time, people weren't doing online therapy like that. It was still very rare, um, but there was a few and I was one of those few. And so this is before the pandemic. And so I created an online practice, Control Shift Balance, where I wanted to serve women that I knew that I can help, that I spoke their language, that I can get them from their point A to point B. And I had the skills to do that. And I was able to serve all of South Carolina at that time. And then eventually North Carolina, and then, you know, re-upping my or renewing my um, licensure in Florida. So I work with them and I help them on anxiety, life balance, right? Because life gets a little chaotic sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then um, and giving them tools to deal with that and then transitions. And that's more so, um, I share probably more of my personal stories when we talk about transitions because I've moved so much mm -hmm. um, and I've lived a life. And so I'm able to kind of add those things in there and make it relatable on top of therapeutic skills in that area. So mm -hmm. that's who I serve. Yeah. And do you, you do all telehealth at this point where you serve all, all telehealth? I've never done any in person as it relates to my private practice. And I enjoy that flexibility because when I talk about life balance for women, I also have to practice that as well. And so having a practice online, it allows me to be more flexible in my schedule. It allows me to drop off my munchkin in the morning mm -hmm. and pick her up after school and take her to practices. And also it gives me more time to do some of the other things that I enjoy and other streams of income that I've been working on. So you said something that actually piqued my interest because one of the things that I think even as an employer, and it sounds weird to even say that as therapists, like as an employer <laughs> of a team, I found that when I was interviewing, let alone being a therapist is what mm -hmm. I'm leading to, is that people didn't know how to work from home. So like, do you have any tips at least like two that you can share with that therapist who's still deciding to stay at home because initially it wasn't a choice. Then it became a choice, but there is, I find some difficulty with being a business owner in your house. Yeah. So one of my biggest tips about like working from home is get up and get dressed as if you're leaving the office. So when I take my daughter to school, I'm already dressed for the day. So I plan out my outfits, no different from when I was physically working into an office or even out in the field. And that has been really helpful. And it's hilarious because my husband thinks it's funny. He was like, Shayla, why are you dressed like literally from head to toe, you know, and make up all the things. And I'm just like, because I'm going to work. And he just laughs. You know, he just thinks it's kind of funny. He's like, I don't know how you do it. He's amazed at the fact that I can work and like literally work. And so I create a schedule. Do not skimp on your schedule just because you're at home and you're like, oh, I have time to do this later. Later mm -hmm. may not ever come. So I'm very intentional about my Sunday night where I'm creating my schedule for the rest of the week. I know who I'm seeing. If there's other smaller things that I need to do, if I need to make a call, if I need to reach out, if I need to follow up, all of that is all detailed in my calendar because that day it goes by so fast when you're at home, especially if you're mm -hmm. trying to sneak in and throw some dishes in the um in the dishwasher real quick. <laughs> you want to throw a load in. That has to be on the calendar too. And that has you know made things just go a lot a little bit smoother and mm -hmm. helpful for me to stay on track because you can just let me go, you know, let me take a break. And that break can last yeah. year. Well, no, that's good because even with the dishes, like sometimes we believe that we are, I mean, we are as humans, multitaskers and some are better than others. However, 
when you are talking about layers, like you have a spouse um, or some people have a partner or a family member living with them, they have a child or children, they have pets, they have noisy neighbors, they have rain, you know? And then on top of all that, you have a space. It looks like you have a designated beautiful space. I have a space, but I find that a lot of even our um, students in the programs, they don't even have that. And they may not be able to financially in the beginning of their career being a business owner, go and potentially pay for an office maybe the first three months, right? Or do, what is it called? A co-working space or go rent out some space. So I just wanted to highlight that because I think that people going into online business, whether it is therapy or we're going to get into streams of income, people assume that, oh, it's easy. I just have a laptop. I have internet. I'm good. Yeah. The whole work from anywhere, everywhere. That's fine. But do you have the discipline, which is what you just spoke about, to be able to create a schedule as though you are going into the office because you have to create the structure of your own boss. You are your own entity. Exactly. And it's it's different when there's no one watching you, you know, and that's literally mm-hmm. one of the things that I share with folks because I also do, well, we'll talk about that later as strings of income. I do consulting with um, an organization, a mental health organization. Someone say, oh, I want to also have my own practice. And I was just like, that is great. High five. I can connect you with somebody at that. But the other part is I tell them, I said, if you're struggling to get your paperwork done here, listen, honey, <laughs> you will struggle to get your paperwork done when it's you because now no one's watching you. Mm-hmm. No one is making you accountable other than if you have to turn it into insurance or your possible audit or your client might ask for their information, which they do have access to, right? Mm-hmm. So all of those things. So it's like, this is your time to practice. If you're working for someone else, if you want to have a practice, you practice where you're at now. If you mm-hmm. can't if you can't work in this area, it's not going to work in the other area either. And I say that time and time again, and I know it falls on deaf ears. So if it's for somebody today, y'all just going to press like. <laughs> Listen, you know, you know they don't like it because I know we repeat it in our community all the time. You're talking about habits. Yes. And again, this is why we say even with like a nine to five, I'm not, and I want to say this again out loud because people will hear it and swear, swear I didn't say it, is we don't promote, when I say we are programs, we don't promote leaving your nine to five, whether it is you're going into solo practice part-time or one day full-time, or you are going into other streams of income that you desire. You don't have to do a private practice. You can go straight into like consulting, right? Consulting. Um, However, whatever habits, kind of like a relationship with baggage, whatever habits you had in the previous relationship, AKA job will be the same habits that are going to follow you in your business. But I can probably put my money on it. They're going to be worse because you don't have that accountability. You don't, and your accountability at a job can literally be the job itself. Like you can get let go because now the company is losing money because you didn't turn in your paperwork, you know, all these things. And so I'm really glad that you said that because that's speaking about the mindset of a entrepreneur. Because when we say business owner, business owner is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneur is I'm doing things to make money, <laughs> you know, on my own. So you did mention it. So let's like, actually talk about like what are beyond one-on-one therapy let's talk about what is possible what are all the things I said all the things even if they did not work (laughs) what are some of the things that you like have tried beyond one-on-one therapy in your business and then what actually stuck like meaning you're still doing it yeah so look it's the list is long (laughs) I'm pretty sure I wrote it down so you know there's things um and some have stuck and one of the things I think I was sharing before. And if whatever you're doing, matter of fact, I had this conversation yesterday and I was like, you can have a great idea 
for a membership, but it's only going to go as far as your marketing. Mm -hmm. And that's for anything, your practice, your membership, your book, your templates, whatever program, whatever stream of income it is. So whatever you're doing, whatever program you're in, make sure that you're paying attention to how to market whatever it is that you're doing and that you have the commitment and the capacity to go in on that. Mm. Because you think you're just going to just show up or have that's it. Like it's not, it's not going to work. So I think that would be the advice. But on the other end, things that, you know, um, I've done that have stuck is being a consultant. So I do um, consultations for a mental health organization um, where I meet with the therapist regularly and we're assessing their paperwork and giving them strategies on how to show up as an awesome clinician. Um, I actually enjoy that. Right. You know, I um, mean, there's we no can there's no notes. Your organizational skills, right? You know, so that um, that has been pretty awesome. The other thing is having um, a membership for clinicians. Um, and Talk that a little has, bit more about that. What does that mean? Oh, the membership for clinicians. Mm -hmm. And so this was birthed out of this was actually pre-pandemic, um, and it just really grew before, um, just because I had access to a coach who was able to help me formulate those things, but. I was connected because I had an online practice. That means I'm working mm -hmm. from home, right? Or in an office and I wasn't really connecting like I was before. And so I was really intentional about connecting with other clinicians. So I would mm -hmm. set up these coffee chats and um, on my Mondays, which was like more like an admin day. And one Monday, I literally had eight coffee chats lined up. And I was like, uh-uh, this is like a therapy day. I just saw eight clients for free. No, but it wasn't that it was fine. We just made it connect. And so I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, what if we all met together? Like we all have this common ground. We were all clinicians, you know, having telehealth practices. Um, we were all busy. You know, some were moms, some were. And it was just really, we had that common denominator. And so time hit, went on and um, I started a membership. And that was the end of 2020. Mm. Yeah, that mm -hmm. um, I started that, that we launched yeah. that. And so that has gone really well. We're three years strong. Um, we have connected with clinicians where we're providing them support beyond the therapy office, um, where we're also providing social um, social wellness, right? How to connect with other folks. It can be tough. It's, it's easy to isolate in here, right? right. It's easy to be like, hey, things are comfortable. We have everything we need. Mm -hmm. But to be able to get online, support each other, check in, you know, even meet up for lunch for some who are in the same state, you know, it's been pretty awesome and have guest speakers that come in that we've partnered with who share their expertise and teach us something new. Mm. So that's how the Their League um, Society has um, grown at this okay. I want it because I was like, when you said membership, I'm like, maybe I should have her elaborate because I know that you, there's two different yes. types of membership. So I was like, wait, which one is this? <laughs> Yeah, I know, because there's the membership where it's actually a membership. We come together, kumbaya. Oh, yeah. And then there's the part where I teach therapists right. how to have their own membership. And that's the Balanced Membership Lab. Um, I recently just graduated another cohort. Um, so I'm so excited about what they're doing. And really one of the main things out of there and what I'm telling them, because what they do is they come in and they're like, I have no idea it was all these this, this avenues, all these different avenues. I was like, yeah, because when you see it, online, you just think it's just one thing that you have to do and you have to do it. So you might throw your idea out the way. And I mm -hmm. love being able to provide this information and sharing with them that there's like 10,000 ways to skin a cat of having a membership, okay. you know, so um, and helping them zone in on what they can really do to have even a balanced life and make a bigger impact mm -hmm. and have some more income coming in. That's and good. so that's the Balanced Membership Lab. 
That's good. Um, the other one is um, my coaching, supportive coaching services. And that's with my connection with um, Dope Therapist Academy, because I have been through the program. Um, I'm a believer in the program because I saw the transformation that it's done in my practice and in my mental health business overall. Um, I like to support, you know, uh, and help out with the new uh, students that are coming in. So that's also um, a source for me. And that works out well. Um, I'm also an author. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I wrote Hey Sis, uh, which is a journal yet again for women, which is right in line with my brand. <laughs> so um, I often speak about that. And then if I do any engagements, you know, I also bring that as well. So that has been lucrative. Um, initially, I was selling the books directly for myself and now they're on Amazon. So I just get the email that there's mm-hmm. going to be a check coming. Right. <laughs> so um, that's also another stream of income. Uh, one of the ones that I, I guess when it encompasses everything is the being a digital CEO. And I, I didn't really know there was a name for this before. You know, I just knew I wanted to create courses. I wanted to help. And I wanted to also be able to know that I can take a back seat in my mm-hmm. business, in a sense, meaning that there's information that can get to people if they're not ready for therapy. Right. And so I've been able to do that um, for both therapists and just for women through courses that I've created um, all in a, a portal. Um, and so in teaching classes and coaching, in essence, and consulting, and mm-hmm. that has been um, lucrative. Another one that has not gone too well is I think and I want to be, you know, really transparent is just the one-on-one coaching because mm. I don't put that, like I said, it's the marketing. Yeah. I know that I have a lot of skill, but most people that I work with, either they know me already and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. And they're like, I know you know how to do this. Can we meet? And so I might do that, but I do desire to meet, you know, and have a program around there where I really am doing more one-on-one coaching with folks and putting myself um, mm-hmm. out Mm-hmm. So I think I kind of covered, I wrote down all of them. I think I covered everything in terms of that. But I think the most important thing about even having these other streams of income and what you, I think you would agree with is you need your baseline. Like what is, it may be your job, you're nine mm-hmm. to five right now, or you're 11 to seven, however right. I work. And for me, it's my practice. That's what sustains me and allow me to do some of these other things. So it's like, let's get that stable. Let's get mm-hmm. a solid foundation for control shift balance. And then from there, I can do all of these other things because that's stable and it's not shaky. If your practice is still shaky, I don't know if it's a good idea for you to start looking at other streams of income. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because we talk about that in the streams of income bootcamp. And one of the conversations we were having is typically when I have a bootcamp, I you know, I overdeliver like over <laughs> like times 10 and you know, I'm going to slip in some coaching probably every, you know, bootcamp that I do. However, I call myself more like behind the scenes, a operation systems coach for like mental health businesses, which is more of the non-attractive, boring parts of building a business. But it is the thing that helps you generate revenue because you need more time to operate in your gift. And so some of the things that we've outlined in that bootcamp, pretty much with every stream that we talk about is what's possible because that's the fun part, right? And then I share a little bit about some stories or stories from clients with y'all success. But then the biggest piece is what do you want to consider before you launch it for the first time or before you relaunch it another time? Because that's one piece that I find that's missing if we're talking about like launching any product or service as you compare like the different streams you have that are active and then the one that you tried that you kind of like playing double dutch. You know, when it comes about is, 
you want to make sure that you have the system set up to attract the clients then to bring in the revenue, which means that you have to sit down. You have to be still. And if your brain is going in 5,000 different directions, plus a nine to five job, if you have that, it's pretty difficult. But some people believe, oh, I'm a multitasker. I can do it all. And I recall, like, it's I always say like, you know, it, to me, it's good as a coach to butt heads with my clients. And what I mean by that is it's okay to agree to disagree, right? The biggest thing is that if I met with Shayla and she tells me what she wants in her business and she tells me what she's done to get that, the missing stage is usually, and we talked about it though, the debriefing. Mm-hmm. People want to launch something but they don't want to pause before the next launch. It's like a relationship. They just want to like break up and like get into another one. (laughs) You know what I'm like? Well, did you have time to reflect on what was your role and responsibility that contributed to that breakup? Oh, no, no, no. They did this. Like the clients didn't pay. Nobody showed up. I couldn't get a coaching client. And I'm like, did you market? Did you follow up and send an email? Did you send a text? Did you call them? I don't need to do all that. If they want it, they can just come get it. Really? That's how humans are? With all these emails that come to their inbox a day before six o'clock a.m., that that you think they go single out your email, you know? And so it's just I find it interesting because I just want to highlight for those who are listening: if you're unfamiliar with launches or if you've had one, take the time. This is like a free coaching tool, right? Yes. Take the time to pause and debrief and figure out what you could do better the next time. And your better may be like if I say Shayla. What would your better be? She may say something like, I want to do that one stream of income, but honestly, I ain't got the capacity. That That's my lesson learned. You know, like I want to do it, but I, I'm really focused right now on these two memberships. So we'll see what happens, right? So with that said, let's talk about some wins, right? So you clearly kind of already shared some, like you graduated people, but what would you say are at least, because I know you have a lot, three big wins that you've had in your business in the last five years that are tangible and intangible? Yeah. So what I'm going to start with the intangible because I know everybody wants to hear the 10, but I'll start with that is one, it's the mindset, right? I mean, even when I started Control Shift Balance, you know, that mindset wasn't there. It was almost like, oh, why build it? They should come. And we know that that's not true. And that's literally how I got connected with Dr. Tiget. Um, so, because I'm like, wait, I built it. They're not coming. <laughs> how can I get them to come? And you're full cash pay because I know we didn't really talk about that. Yes. But just to he- tell people what's possible, you are all cash pay. Yes, I am all cash pay. That is it. Um, I do contract with some EAPs, but they match my private pay rate. So it's not just an EAP that someone has insurance with and it's like, oh yeah, I'll just take that in. No. Mm-hmm. So they are all related to um to my my cash pay rate. So um so even that in itself you have to have a different mindset because you have to market different when you're on insurance and when you're not. And so that was something that I had to learn. So yes, you market different. And so your mindset has to be different. So I have to go in already as it's almost like the attitude of like that you're already winning. Right, mm-hmm. that I already am like meeting my ideal client. And when we talk about like manifesting the practice that you want, like I visualize the people that I want to work with. You know, like I'm imagining this woman who doesn't even realize that she has anxiety because she performs well. She didn't even realize that there was a such thing as, you know, um, hidden anxiety, if you want to use that word, or high functioning anxiety, and that they're going to come to me and I'm going to help them and I can already see them at the finish line. 
Mm-hmm. So the mindset part of it, and then the part of like money mindset too, of setting yourself up for when your money isn't flowing in like you wanted to, maybe it's flowing in like a little stream opposed to, opposed to a river mm-hmm. that you also have put things away or a system in place that mm-hmm. money is still coming in for you, even when your practice or your other streams aren't bringing in as much as you think that it should be bringing. And that is a mindset within itself because you can feel defeated. Like, wait a minute, hold up. This isn't what I signed up for. Um, And that's how people kind of throw in the towel. So it's like setting yourself up for, you know, the long haul. So I know that mindset um, is one of the biggest shifts, but the ones that I can like touch in my mind is the connection I've met so many awesome therapists like, you know, and you'll hear me say, you know, it's DTA fam or DTA sis or elite sis. And so Mm -hmm. I've met so many other therapists where it's like iron sharpened iron. I learned so Mm -hmm. much from them. It doesn't matter how long I've been in a program. I'm still learning from the therapist that I talk to or say hey to or reach out for a question or if they reach out and ask me a question. Mm -hmm. So that connection with other therapists has been pretty, pretty much a highlight, you know? And then the other one is life work balance, right? I know we say work life balance, but I've switched (laughs) Like we life in first because life always coming. So I want to put that as a priority and and make that enjoyable for me. And then my work goes around that. And an example would be for me, which is, you know, is taking control of my calendar. Mm. Right. So most recently someone was like, hey, can I meet with you? And I'm like, sure. So I give them my calendar like, oh, do you have any evenings? No, I don't. Because that's like mommy time. Like it's it's a hard three (laughs) o'clock. It's a hard time. Hard stop. Okay. So, and to be able to get to that point, because before I would have, it's my calendar was all over the place. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, you know what? I'm at home at six o'clock. What's what's wrong with taking a six o'clock client? But Mm -hmm. that wasn't balanced. So now it's like, there's a work time. There's a a mommy time. There's a wife time, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And I'm really clear about that. And that has been helpful for me in terms of running a business, long sustainability Mm-hmm. And I'm not exhausted. Yeah. 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 I'm glad. You, so it's, it's like you said so many things, but one thing popped up because you had talked about uh, the academy and then also exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you recall, well, I think when your cohort for DTA, we were meeting like on Saturdays, but all of us were stuck in the house with our kids all day. So yes. schedule probably eh, there is not one. Right. <laughs> but there was like I get sometimes people saying, oh, what time are the coaching calls? And I've hit a season where Avery is about to turn five, my son. And, you know, he's been in the daycare school or whatever for like, what, three years at this point. But I realized that the schedule is changing. We also have an oldest that's like 12. And so I had to sit down and ask myself, even from last year's ECM, um, the mastermind cohort, how do I want my schedule to be in 2023? Because if I only look at from January to June, me working in the evening, morning and evening, can fluctuate, you know, even though I prefer the morning because that's where my energy is. But I realized that, oh, he started school, like real school, not kindergarten, but at a regular school at the end of the year. So I probably need to cater my life around that schedule. So I say all that to say about two years ago, we made or I made an executive decision even before Avery School started where I started to pay close attention to how our students were showing up in the academy and in the mastermind. And I really hadn't talked about it really with students outside of maybe recently in a podcast where I said, you know, when I used to have evening calls, I literally had um, 
therapists, they couldn't be on the screen because they were at their kids' uh, soccer practice or baseball practice. And my mindset was like, okay, great that you're here, but are you actually paying attention to the call because you're looking at your kid practice and you're giving them drinks and running around and driving and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or I would have the other set of therapists where they would say, well, I only can meet in the evening, but then you're exhausted because you've seen clients all day at your nine to five, but you're trying to work on your private practice. And so I decided to make a change for myself first, but also in the best interest of my clientele, which is I'd rather serve people at, now we meet at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time because it works out well because most people's lunch on the East Coast is around 12. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that the energy with how they show up to that call is drastically different than having a call on a Monday at 5.30 Pacific Standard Time, which is around eight o'clock, bedtime, uh, dinner time, bath time. And so, you know, I wanted to say that because like some people always ask that question, but as Shayla had mentioned, if you think about it like a, I'll use like a, like this sticky note for a visual, right? So we got this envelope and we got this sticky. Clearly this one is bigger. So most people, if you need like a visual representation of what Shayla was explaining, most people say, this is their business and this is their life. Like mm-hmm. they operate their business first and then they put their life in it, which is why you tired and you can't really enjoy life. And what we want to do is we want to reverse engineer it. So we want to say, this is our life and where does our business fit, <laughs> you know, into our life. But I'm not going to lie. This probably is going to be your business when you first start mm-hmm. because you may not know what you're doing. And even if you do have a coach or you're connected to great people, you still have to wrap your mindset around what it takes to actually run a business on top of that in your house with all this other stuff going on. So thank you for sharing that because people try not to talk about exhaustion like it don't exist. And it is real. <laughs> it's real. And thank you for the visualization. That was really helpful. I like that. You know, we want our business to fit in our life, not mm-hmm. our life to fit in our business. And we know that, you know, we learned that from you too. It's like we can integrate all of it. But mm-hmm. we also have to find like what we want. What does that look like? So a lot of mm-hmm. folks don't know that either. So then it's just like they're all over the place and you're maybe experience, you know, um, experimenting with all these streams of income, you know, because you think that that's going to be the answer. But really the answer is like, figure out what you want your life to look like. What does mm-hmm. that look like? Yeah. So even if I don't, if I, whether I bring in a 10K month or a 5K month, am I still lifing the way that I want to? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, because that's ultimately what's going to lead to happiness, not money. And people do it the opposite. Like, I need all this money, you know, and that's why we keep being on the hamster wheel, by the way, is to just make money to live versus the other way around. So just live abundantly, right? So beyond the wins, I know that people look at, especially you're a support coach in the DTA program. And so what is one, because we've all had many, what are one of the biggest lessons that you've learned while being a business owner? Yeah, one of the ones is, it's branding. I I would say it would be branding. Um, And I didn't know too much about it before DTA. Um, So it may be new to you if you're coming into DTA, but it's, I had no clue. And we know with Dr. TK, that's part of her formula, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, but that B, the branding is just like, how do you, because you can't market without branding. Like who you market to if you don't know who you are, what your values are in your business and how you Mm -hmm. show up. And don't get it twisted. Some of your business values and your values in life, they're probably going to overlap, right? Because yes. it's a relationship. I tell people all the time, it's like, whoever you're dating, you also need to know their values. Have that first conversation. 
And some of them have to overlap. Out of 10 of your values, 10 of their, three of them should least overlap strong, right? And I feel the same way about our business because you're going to operate the same way. So when I was able to really like kind of develop what my brand was and who Shayla was as a clinician or as a business owner, right? And that mindset, um, that was huge for me. And even underneath that, things that I can take away from that is like, I'm able to build trust with folks who really don't know me yet. Mm-hmm. right? Because I have this brand, right? So when I show up and I'm showing up as this person, I'm consistent across the line. Like there's no surprises, right? Mm-hmm. So I get to differentiate myself from other clinicians. I'm not the only anxiety therapist out there. I'm not the only one that's providing, you know, transitional services, helping them when they're doing a life transition or mm-hmm. wanting life balance. I'm not. But when I talk about my values and who I am, that's like, oh, wait a minute. Now that really sounds like somebody I want to work with. That, that's who I need, right? So, and if it's someone else, that's great too. Mm-hmm. The other thing is recognition. So when someone's looking for a clinician who does this or someone in a mental health business, they know who to look for. You know, I remember when Shayla said, or she spoke here, or when she did a live, or she did a video, all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And then number four is referrals, You'll get the referrals when you brand yourself because now you built trust. There's a recognition, right? And then you differentiate yourself from the other people who's still doing the same thing that you're doing. It's a big pool. It's a small pool, but it's a big pool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just like now all of that comes together. And so when I think about that branding piece, I feel like it's such an important lesson that I've learned um, as a business owner, a woman in business, a Black woman in business, um, and as a clinician as well. Mm-hmm. So. Why do you think that some... And it could be from your own story too, or therapists that you spoke to. Why do you think that therapists do have a hard time niching down? I think they feel like they're going to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it not even just with therapists, other folks as well, yeah. you know, that I talk to about business is like, well, I don't want to niche down too much. I was like, what does that mean? You don't want to niche down too much. Like if you really look at the big circle, all mm-hmm. people, let's say you only serve women. All right. There's this big circle of all the women. And then now there's a smaller circle in there that are women who have anxiety. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can even make that even smaller. Women who have high functioning anxiety. Well, that's yep. all is a circle. Now, see if it was 100,000 in that first circle, now it's 10,000 in that. So I still got 5,000 people I can talk to? And you mm-hmm. tell me that's not enough? I can't mm-hmm. serve all of them at once. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, it's that, so again, going back to like launching product service, right? So I wanted you to talk about that because first people's mind goes to missing out FOMO and specifically money, like clients mm-hmm. lead to money, right? Yeah. Um, I'll say on the digital CEO side with building online programs and courses and things like that, I didn't real. I mean, I knew that I needed to niche down, meaning I chose to. Um, actually, in 2020, I all the way niche down, and it was a fear because I knew that there are a lot of therapists out there. However, the mindset of most therapists coming out of school, paying all this money, is I don't need no help. Even though they know they need help, they don't realize they need help in business because they think that maybe the help that's going to come is around clinical practice. And I'm like, no. We need to teach you about the things that actually were not taught, like in clinical practice, right? With owning a business and running one. So I remember being in a mastermind in 2022, no, 2021. And the mastermind was full of multi six figure and seven figure earners, right? And so it was 24 of us. And I recall we were in like Utah or something like that. And I had a chance to do a hot seat. Now, one of the things that I recognized from the first mastermind we did together was that people were like throwing out their numbers in terms of like how many people they had come to their webinar or um, live session or whatnot. And they were saying things like, I got a 
email list of like 100,000 people, 20,000 people. And here am I in the beginning of my coaching career out loud, meaning I was doing stuff in silence with no really uh, email list. It was like word of mouth is I had an email list of like 2000 therapists or less. And this wasn't that long ago. It's only 2023. Okay. So when I was listening to them, I was like, oh my God, I feel like a small fish in a big pond. But I also, when my mindset knew I was in the right place because that's where I needed to be to see what's possible, even if they're not a therapist. Right. So once I got in front of the room, I was, I like, yo, I'm so outspoken person, but I was shaking and stuff. Like, cause I'm like, man, I feel like I'm presenting in front of my professor. <laughs> and so I had a question about the DTA program in terms of the way that I launch it and like my energy that aligns with it, whatever. So they were asking about my numbers and y'all know I'm a numbers person. Don't get in front of a room and ask no question. If you don't know how many phone calls you got to get one client, you need to know your numbers. right? So they were like, what's your email list like? And I'm like, oh, not so whispered it like 2000, you know, and they were like, what? And I'm like, like 2000. And they were like, oh, okay. And they ain't even tripping. I'm looking at facial expressions. They're not bothered. Right. But I'm bothered. <laughs> then they said, how many people typically come to your webinars? Let's just say I said, oh, like a hundred. I may get a 200 to sign up, but a hundred actually come. So they start kind of like reflecting numbers back to help me see things different. Right. Yeah. And I'm looking in Shayla, a culture session like that y'all don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> right now. So they were said they said, Oh, so you had a 50% show up rate. And I knew what show up rates meant, but I didn't put it together like a formula. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, but I'm thinking like 50 in school is like an F, yeah. like on a grading scale. And that's how therapists look at it. That's a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, in the digital space, that's super good because you can probably only expect about 30% to show. So they were like, out of the 50% that show, how many stay on the whole time, even when you drop your offer? I'm like, mm, like 45. You know, <laughs> they were like, what? They were like, this is insane, right? So they get all pumped and I'm looking like, did I do something wrong? You know, and so they like, no, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, they said from that, whatever the last launch was, they said that I broke down all my numbers and they said, how many people signed up? And it was like a 30% conversion. They were like, say what, girl? <laughs> you know, they didn't call me girl. They were like, say what? And I'm like, oh, like this number. And I'm writing it on a board. And when I turn around, they just like, amazing. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, girl, you are killing it. Why did I share this story? Sometimes mm-hmm. mindset, I'm going to pull everything that Shayla talks about. Sometimes with mindset, we think that we are a small fish in a big pond. But the higher quality question you should be asking yourself is, why should I be here? Mm-hmm. Why do I belong here? Not why don't I belong here? I knew I belong there yeah. because I needed to get those people to cheer me on. You need cheerleaders around you. As she said, the connection, right? So I needed those cheerleaders around me to help me reframe as therapists. We know what that means. They helped me reframe how I saw my fail as a 50% out of a hundred. Cause I'm used to grades. They helped me see it from an industry that I'm not familiar with in terms of numbers, which is coaching digital products, which is, yeah, you've launched something, but it doesn't mean that you understand what you've launched to do it better next time. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is I was killing the game to the point where some of these people were like, can you come talk to our community? Because what they really heard was a small list can still make multi six figures. And I cleared that year making like a little over like $600,000. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that year, y'all, just to give you an understanding, just so you won't think you still got to get a list of 100,000 people, I cleared that year with 
under 3,000 people on my list. So some people got off the list. Some people got on. But again, I'm sharing this because you can start with something small, like a small Instagram following. But as Shayla said, you got to market and brand yourself and get in front of the right people. Mm -hmm. So in like summary of that section is you can have five people, but are those five people your ideal clients? Because if they are, you'll have a higher conversion rate. So are you chasing likes and numbers of people who follow you? Or are you actually chasing a higher conversion of the right people saying yes? So I hear quality over quantity. Yes. Right? <laughs> look, message. That's yeah. what I hear. And it, it makes me think about it. Maybe we're like, I'm going too far advanced, but it's just like, when you talk about your lead generation or your freebie, making sure that it matches up with your offers that you're going mm-hmm. to be giving later. Right? Yeah. Because those are the ones who are going to be on your list that stays on your list because they want to stay connected with you. They want to know what you're offering next, but it mm-hmm. has to match up. It, right. has, it has to match right. up. It goes back to that branding part, right? Mm-hmm. So Dr. TK, her list is quality because she is very clear about who she's talking to and what she's offering. There's no surprises. <laughs> so that is awesome. And congrats yeah. on those huge wins and continued wins. Thank I'm you. To share that with, you know, your communities. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a fun and exciting journey, right? Yeah. So as we wrap up, what's one, because we're in streams of income. Um, we did, well, we had a boot camp, but like season. So what's one big tip? If you can leave therapists who are listening with a tip around streams of income, it could be at any level of a stream of income. What tip would you leave them in this podcast episode? Um, as it relates to streams of income, you can have the most awesome idea. You can be the only one, or there can be several people who are doing it or several therapists who are doing it, but your stream of income is only as good as your marketing efforts. Mm, so if you do not have the capacity, if you do not have the time, your awesome idea can actually end up sitting on your shelf because you haven't created a plan to push it out there. So no different than you need it for your practice. You're going to need it for that book that you want to author. You're going to need it for that membership. You're going to need it for that coaching program. You're going to need it for your consulting. You have to market. The build it, they will come attitude is not it in this frame of, in this world. This mm-hmm. That's not it. It's build it and create a plan for them to come. So your program, whatever it is that you're coming up, is only as good as your marketing efforts. That's good. That's yeah. good. So listen, I hope that everybody who's either tuned into this podcast, either on the audio version or YouTube, definitely enjoyed it. I love putting faces to voices because I know it's been a while since we've done YouTube videos with therapists, but I like to see some of our students like go through various cohorts of different programs. We have the Academy which is solo practice. We have the Elite Coaching Mastermind for therapists. That's for therapists who already have a stable (laughs) mainstream, as Shayla had mentioned earlier, stream of income. It is consistent with revenue, not just clients who can't pay, right? For at minimum six months. I want to be, because she said, I'm very specific, right? Because people are like, I just want the mastermind because I want streams of income. And let's be clear, you have to have a habit. Let's bring it all together that you can show up for your business as a consistent business owner and put in work so that when I ask you to duplicate the same mindset so that I can teach you a new set of strategies to launch the stream of income, 
I ain't gonna say it's easy peasy, but I know that you're gonna run the marathon and not quit on me after a one 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 hundred yard dash sprint. <laughs> okay, <laughs> AKA one launch. All right. So depending on when you're watching or listening to this, the bootcamp videos are probably still up or not for replay. I know that they're gonna come down on YouTube after a certain period of time. Um, we're gonna link up all of Shayla's information um, for her Instagram. On her Instagram, I'm sure she'll keep you in the loop with the link in her bio, with everything and anything that she has going on. As you heard, she has a super high quality, high vibed uh, community for therapists for support. So check that out. And then she also has a program that helps therapists launch memberships. And so make sure that you stay connected with her. As she mentioned, like get on her list, whether it's an email or text list or turn on the notifications on her Instagram, because the way that we launch, and we'll be talking about all of this launch stuff also at the conference, right? We'll be teaching you how to launch a product. But um, and if you want to learn about that, click the link in the show notes as well to learn about the conference if there are seats available. But you want to make sure to be notified when she does launch something because you don't want to be left in the dark because it sounds like she does what we consider a open and closed membership open cycle. And what that means is that she has a designated date in which she opens enrollment. And then she has a closed date that she closes enrollment so that they can be in a cohort, right? Yes. So so I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. So we'll make sure to link all her information in the show notes. And if you're new here, share this. And if you're an existing uh, podcast listener, share this episode with at least two to three therapists that you believe can benefit from this podcast. So thank you, Shayla. Thank you again for having me. Um, it's been great to be able to share my story. And if there's one more thing that I can say to you is, yeah. Um, yeah, is that if you guys haven't joined one of Dr. TK's masterminds, when she pops up in your city or near your city, a lot of the things that I've implemented in my business today has become, you know, been because I've attended those masterminds. So if you find time or no, Make time and uh, create the resources for your to show up for yourself. I think you guys will be um, amazed to see what can happen. And this can be you sitting here in three years having this uh, catch up conversation with Dr. TK. So I did. We're going back to your stumping uh, grounds uh, for launching. We're going back to Vegas in October. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Intentionally Abundant Podcast. Now, I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more resources, head over to drtk.com forward slash link for additional abundant resources. Now, until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.